back in the car. It feels so good. I've got the Volvo back, baby. Oh my gosh. It feels so right. It feels so good to be back in the driver's seat of my 2006 Volvo XC70 station wagon. Uh, limited edition gray, actually not limited edition, just about every one of them was gray with a darker charcoal trim. If you listened to the podcast yesterday, you know that at the beginning of the episode, I alluded to the fact that my car broke down this week. Suck! Okay, now here's the deal. Because of this whole situation, a question came to mind, and I wanted to share it with you guys today. The question is one that I am convinced, I know from personal freaking experience, I, I guarantee this question, if becoming, if you take it and you change it into a mantra, if you keep it consistently close to your mind daily, this could change your interpersonal interactions with people and turbocharge your ability to convince other people to do things for you or join you in doing convince or just convincing anybody to do something that you ask of them. This is one of the greatest secret mental weapons of my career and of the majority of personal interactions when it comes to, I'm not even going to say business stuff, just in life in general. The question is this, what's in it for me? Now, I know it sounds super selfish, but in all actuality, the question is not one that you're thinking selfishly about yourself. It's a realization that everyone around you is asking this question, at least subconsciously, at all times. So it's less of a question for you to ask other people or ask yourself, but it's more of an understanding that this question is consistently at the back of every person's mind, no matter who they are, no matter if they'll admit it to you, maybe they're not even thinking it subconsciously, it's always there. And here's a great example of that. The king, in my opinion, of my friends that understands this question is my buddy Dan Rodriguez. Speaking of Dan, my car broke down and I had to take it into the shop yesterday. In the shop, Turbo Tim's uh, Anything Automotive, which is in Northeast Minneapolis. No, this is not commercial, but it's going to come into play because this is what inspired this whole episode is Turbo Tim's. Uh, But I dropped my car off and then Dan actually let me borrow a truck of his which was awesome. I drove back today, this afternoon. I dropped it off at his place, and he was making maple syrup. How how random is that? But Dan, uh, they tapped the maple trees in their backyard and another maple tree in their neighbor's yard. They collected all the sap. I think it was like something, he said 20 gallons or something like that. And for all this morning and afternoon, He's been boiling it down. It's so brilliant, and it's probably some of the best maple syrup I've ever had in my life. He boiled it down. Uh, and as we're sitting outside, he because he's doing it all outside over a fire, uh, we're sitting outside and his son, Oak, is at that perfect age where he is uh, having his personalities coming out and he's talking a lot more, but it's right before that time where he's, he's still not enunciating everything properly. So he comes running up to us with this massive stick that he has in his hands and we realize, or at least I realize for the first time, that he is unable to pronunciate the word stick, and it's possibly one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. What is that? It's a big, nice big dick. What do you have? A big dick. <laughs> Careful where you swing that big dick. 
<laughs> so after after we found out and realized that his son has a nice big dick, uh, we were sitting there and I realized with Dan, the reason I bring up Dan is because when it comes to what's in it for me, Dan is the king of understanding that everybody's thinking this at all time and using it to his own leverage and not in a manipulate. I want to say this right now. It's not to be used in a manipulative way, uh, but in a way that acknowledges that when you're asking someone to do something for you, you should first think about what is it, what it genuinely out of a care for other people, what is it that is benefiting them out of this? So an example for Dan and why I bring him up is that when we play a gig that isn't paying very well and he reaches out to us, he always frames the situation uh, in a way that is positive to us, that is enticing to us, and he goes out of his way to do things that will benefit us outside of just financial. So an example of that is years ago, uh, we were going to play a show at a bar in Minneapolis, and it wasn't going to pay a ton. I think the show was going to pay like a hundred bucks a person, and he. But he said, "Okay, here's the deal. I know it doesn't pay a ton, but I promise we'll do songs that we've all been playing for a while. So there's going to be no rehearsal, and I've talked with the bar owner, and he's going to give us free food and drink the entire evening. So I know." Uh, it, it's a time commitment that's not paying a lot, but I promise it's just going to be really fun. Now, that is a great example of how you frame something when you're reaching out to someone. It's not manipulative. It's not doing something to the demise of the person you're asking them. Uh, you're genuinely wanting them to be a part of it, and you're thinking about them first. So I leave Dan's, and I head over to Turbo Tim's Anything Automotive in Northeast Minneapolis to pick up my Volvo. The thing about Turbo Tim's is that if you live in Minneapolis, even if you haven't gone to them, most likely you've heard of them because their bumper stickers are littered across hundreds of cars in Minnesota. Uh, bumper stickers with their logo, which is a cat, and it says Turbo Tim's Automotive, and some of them say something funny. It's always blown my mind that this one mechanic in Northeast Minneapolis has been able to convince hundreds of people to, if not thousands, since I'm being dramatic, hundreds or thousands of people to put their bumper sticker on their cars. How do they convince them to do that? And I'm standing around in this mechanic shop and all of a sudden I'm looking around and I realize that they've got freaking merch. Oh my gosh, a mechanic is the last person you would think is that is going to sell t-shirts and sweatshirts, but they've got them. They've got them there with stickers and I'm looking around and it's blowing my mind that they're convincing people to stick things on their car. So I end up asking uh, one of the guys that works there about it. Come to find out that they incentivize it. If you put their bumper sticker on your car, you get 10% off repairs for the life of that car as long as that bumper sticker's on there, which is a crazy discount. Uh, I, he said that it used to be 5%, but now it's at, they bumped it up to 10% to have even more incentive. And I realized the brilliance of this is because it's shifting the focus 
from what do I want from you? Which if, if normal mechanics is like, I, of course, I want free advertising. I want you to put my logo on the back of your car. Uh, but how do you convince people to do that? You incentivize it and the brilliance is that they've thought about it from other people's perspective. Not only are we getting something out of this by asking you to put this on your car, we are recognizing that we want you to get something out of this too. It's a mutual relationship, give and take right there. So it got me thinking today, what would happen if all of us, whether you're emailing somebody to ask them for a favor, or you are trying to convince someone of something, or you have an idea, what would happen if we recognized that every person we meet subconsciously in their mind is thinking, what's in it for me? And how can we use that not to manipulate others, but to change the way we view the world and view and frame the requests we ask of other people? I love, all right, let me leave you with this. This question comes into play in a massive way when it comes to booking people to be interviewed on this podcast. I recently had a friend of mine ask me, so how do you, how much do you pay people to be guests on the podcast? And it blew my mind because he was asking this thinking, well, yeah, obviously people are you're giving you their time, so you're obviously compensating them, right? And it made me realize, oh yeah, a lot of people don't realize that this what's in it for me has a lot more to do with things outside of financial compensation. Most people that are guests on podcasts that you listen to are not being compensated. Think about your favorite podcast who's interviewing celebrities. Uh, why would a celebrity take their time out of their day? They're, everybody's asking them for their time. Why would they take time to sit down for a couple hours and have a conversation for a podcast? Because at the end of the day, in their mind, they're thinking, what's in it for me? Is this worth my time? The incentive is, majority of that is promotion. Hey, do you have something to promote? Did you just come out with a book? Did you just come out with a new album? Thinking about what's in it for the other person has been the biggest reason I've been able to have so many people on my podcast over the past year and a half is because you're thinking, okay, do you have something that we can promote? Are you maybe just the pure enjoyment of sitting down over drinks uh, would be enough for you to find this fun and enjoyable to do it? But all that to say, the first thing, the number one thing that goes, I will, I'll say that, the number one thing that goes through my mind when I'm reaching out to someone to invite them to be on this podcast or whether I'm reaching out to someone I don't know that I uh, want to form a relationship with a company for maybe a possible endorsement or asking anything of anyone in general, the first thing I sit down is I stop and before I type one freaking stroke, one before I press one freaking key on that keyboard, I think to myself, what's in it for this person and how can I bring that to light? And if there's nothing in it for this person, maybe I should be changing what I'm asking or seek out something that would benefit this other person instead of just selfishly asking of them. The funny thing about this is when you make this your mindset, you'll start realizing and start thinking, how can I add value to those around me? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. All right. That's all I got. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, stay curious.